Okay, so welcome to the Shir and Svasemis and Kilat Chaverim. And Parshas Chukas here in Eretz Yisrael. So the Svasemis this week, among the different topics he approaches, is the very concept of the idea of the Chok. Right? Rashi brings down, he says, what is the idea of the Chok? Zos Chukas Torah. He says, Lefisha Hasaton V'umos Ha'olam. The Satan being, so to speak, the internal prosecuting force, the spiritual prosecuting force that goes against, right, those things that's designed to go against those things that lead to the purpose of the world. And the nations of the world. The word monin, it's hard to translate in English. In Yiddish, it would be they chepe, right? That's what it would be in Yiddish. They, they, they bother them, they nudge them, they, they tease them. And they say, Matam Yeshba. What taste does this mitzvah have? He says, that's why it says, Ksuba Chuka. That's why it says that it's a chuk. Hashem said, Chuka Chokakti. I created this chuk, which is a word for a law, but it also is related to the word to engrave, as we'll see, meaning this is engraved in the world. Gzera Gazarti. I've decreed this, and you can't think and wonder about, you know, what, why, etc. So, Srasemis asks a, a fabulous question on this. He says, wait a second, let's look at the question and let's look at the response. He says, if there really is no ta'am, okay, and we're going to have to explain this word ta'am. Most of the shir is going to be about the concept of ta'am. Tom sometimes is translated as reasoning, but it's more than that. Meaning, let's get more to the common sense of Tom, something that you can taste, something that you can connect with, that you can relate to. Now, if there isn't a Tom, right, so then why are they, right, why do we need to say that the nations of the world and the Satan are, you know, asking us about this? The question exists as it is, right? Without them asking, why do we do something that has no tam? And, right, is it only because there's no tam, right? And therefore, right, I'm sorry, in other words, let me read it from the Svasemis itself. He says, said, if there's no time to the mitzvah, we don't have to say, oh, because the nations of the world, right, criticize it. Let us just say, Rashi could say, why is this called a chuk? Because it has no time. Why do you have to bring in this whole dialogue of the nations of the world saying, what time does it have, etc.? So the Svasema says, This mitzvah and all mitzvahs have a time. But, the tam is only be able to be sensed by someone who has a goof which has been upgraded. I guess we would call it tikkun ha-goof. Not just repaired as in something broken that has to be fixed, but something which has reached its maximum state. Okay, so... This means that the nations of the world are asking Amisro, why are you doing something without a tam? And their response is, 
Hashem said this is a chok. So what is the answer? There is no tam, but that's exactly what they said in the first place. The answer is no, there is a tam, just you aren't able to detect it. He explains. He says, Hamamin, he says, In terms of the external world of senses and tastes that we have, there's no time to the Chok of Hashem. Now, pay attention that here he's already kind of generalizing it beyond the mitzvah of Paraduma where it appears. And many Mephoshim say that's why the first book says, Zos Chukas Torah, not Zos Chukas Para, because really every mitzvah has this aspect of Chok in it. He says, Aval Hamamin He said, Someone who approaches the mitzvah with Emunah, Sofal in the end, will be able to understand the Tam. And he gives the following formula. He says, Divrei Torah, Hem The words of Torah are the opposite of things in Olam Hazeh. Shatam mevi lemaise. Now there's the standard flowchart of how things go in our world, is if something tastes good, we do it. Right? Sha'al yedei shechoshek letam Olam Hazeh he says, because a person desires the tastes of Olam Hazeh. Now he says, it's important to note the word Hevel, that we recognize from Koheles, Hevel Havolim. So they translate it in different ways. Vanity of vanities, nothingness of nothingness. But Hevel is literally steam, like the steam of breath. Okay, that's, that's Hevel. And Hevel is something that can look very solid. It's deceptive. When you look out of the airplane and you see the clouds, they look like very nice, fluffy things that you could sit on. But if you try that, you would be very disappointed. <laughs> There's actually a beautiful parish I saw from the Rizhina Rebbe, in the soil of Rizhina, on the Anane Kovod. Right? Later on in the parasha, we find it says that Am Yisrael lost the Anane Kovod after the death of Aaron HaKoyin. Because these Anane Kovod came... Right, because in the schus of Aranakoin. So he said, why are these called Anane Kovod? What, what Kovod is there? And why would they particularly be connected to Aranakoin? Right, Chazal say it's connected, but it doesn't explain in terms of the content why they're connected. So he said, everybody is always emitting Hevel. Right, our bodies are always steaming, so to speak. Whether it's the, from our mouth, if it's really cold weather, we can actually see it. But even, I was reading an article recently about clothing that can help you be more comfortable in the summer, and it has to have all these, sometimes it's almost tiny microscopic openings that can enable that steamy heat that develops from your body to go. So he says, we're all steaming. He says, if, usually that dissipates, but if people are all together in Achtus and Ahava, so then he said, that steam all joins together and forms a cloud. He said, that was the Anane covered that Am Yisrael were together, it came from them. That's why it was a covered for Am Yisrael to have those clouds. Why is it connected to Aaron HaKoyin? Because Aaron HaKoyin was Oyev Shalom V'Rodev Shalom. He was the one who joined people together. It's a beautiful idea. So this is why we're saying Havolov is not just saying, okay, everything in this world is nothing. It's saying it exists to a certain extent, but it's not something that's lasting. It can be deceptive. So he says in this world, a person does them, and then nim asimolov. Then you end up getting tired with it. Okay, this is no, no pleasure can remain constant. 
as soon as you start experiencing it, it gets less pleasurable as it goes on. That's the way the world works. And to the extent that over time you can even get tired of it, bored of it, almost um, put off by it. Torah lehepech. He said Torah is the opposite. Al yedei ha by performing the mitzvahs of Torah, af she'enu mis'av Elohim, even though you don't really want to do them, he says, zocha achar kach lahasigatam ulisavos lehem. Afterwards, by doing them, you are able to get some of the tam, some of the true taste of the mitzvah, and then to desire them. Okay, so that's the two different ways it goes. In this world, right, a new food comes out, you taste it. Wow, that's great. Where'd you get it? I want to go to the store and buy some more. In Torah, it doesn't taste great in the beginning. You do it, and then you can create a connection that enables you to feel the time and to actually want it. It reminded me just as a, a speaker in America, Bavram Malach, he speaks in Yiddish. It's very funny. So he recently said, what's the difference between a hot mikveh and a hot chont? He said the difference is a-a-u or u-u-a. Right? So he said, what's that? He says, the mikveh, a person goes in, it's very hot, u-u, but then you settle in, you go, ah. The chant originally tastes good, ah, ah, but then a few hours later, ooh, right, it hurts. Okay, so these are these two ways of uh, connecting to things. Now here the Svah says, Emma says something, and this is what we have to try to dig into. He says, Okay, he says, so the more you separate yourself from the desires Right, Taiva is a very strong word of desire for the this-worldly pleasures. Then you're able to get that taste of Kedusha. So let's try to see what this means. Why do I say it's difficult? Because people are mixed up sometimes, and I've heard people formulate this. They say they've heard, the less Gashmias, the more Ruchnias. And they interpret that if I stop eating and taking care of myself, I'm going to become a spiritual giant. You're just going to become a sick person, right? It doesn't, that, that isn't the way a person grows in Ruchnius, is by just not. So it doesn't mean that a person doesn't, and it doesn't really fit our lifestyle also. Meaning, even a tzaddik who makes a bracha on a food must be tasting the pleasure of that food, otherwise he couldn't make the bracha. They're called birchos in the birchos of pleasure. So we are ex- experiencing the pleasure. And uh, especially, as we'll see, you'll get to Shabbos in a second. Shabbos is the day in which we have you ever had a guest at your house who wanted to know what that song's about? And you talk about, oh, about all the pleasures of the table and the swans and the ducks and everything and the fish that, that we're eating. So he's emphasizing here particularly the taiva, meaning where your system of desire exists, right? What your world is orbiting around, what it's based on, right? And this is why he says that um, in Olam Hazer, people make matok, lemara, and marla matok, right? That the Torah is bitter and other things is sweet, and the same way around as well. Now, therefore, he says, the taste which is there is something where a person knows that there are tastes in Olam Hazer, 
but they recognize that there's an entirely other system, another world, and different tastes which are there and which are around, okay, that a person can access. Right? He, he brings here the phrase which talks about um, a person who wasn't, didn't have time, right, of the hate in this, of things in this world. So again, there's an idea of experiencing things, but not letting that be your time. Okay, I realize I'm being a little bit abstruse here. Let's try to explain. This got more clear to me from a, a shir that was printed up from the shir of Rabbi Shapira Zetzal. And he explained the following. He said, like the Svasemis, right, when the nations ask, why are you doing this thing, there's no tam. And we say, because there's no tam. He says, this is a very difficult sugya in Judaism. And I'm glad that he stated this honestly. And really, the Svasemis says it as well, meaning, he says, We are doing things that don't have a taste, so to speak. He says, In our situation, We are in a system of taste. He says the word tam isn't limited just to the idea of taste buds. He says the, each of our senses so to speak, tastes, right? There's a sweet sound that we listen to, sweet music, a beautiful sight that we find as sweet, right? A, a smell which is sweet, even touches that are pleasurable, and that's the world of the system we go into. And he says, and in that system, he says, Everything we do in Avodos Hashem does not have tam there because the tamim of olam hazeh are connected to the world of the senses. So therefore, that really doesn't have anything to do with our mitzvahs. He says, be honest. When a person puts on tzitzis or puts on tefillin, he says, most people feel no tam in that action. Why do I say this is important? Because sometimes young people are taught, you say, oh, you know, you're about to be bar mitzvah, Putting on tefillin is the sweetest, most beautiful thing in the world. And he puts them on, and eventually says, not really. And in fact, there are other things in the world that are much more sweet and much more delicious than putting on tefillin. And so it goes. You know, you take him and you put a little honey on the olive base when he's little, and you sit him down, and oh, Torah is the thing which is the most zis, the most sweet in the world. And he gets to a certain grade, he has a test on Bav Metziah, and he doesn't find it sweet at all. He doesn't. So he says, true, in the system of this world, what the nations are saying is not some kind of false accusation. They're just simply stating what they sense as people of Olam Hazeh. And they say, those things that you do, that you're devoting your life to, right, that you're most nefesh for, they don't have any tam. They don't have any taste in this world. So... What is our answer? We say, correct. Chuka chokakti. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a chok. But, he says, the chok means that ingrained in the mitzvahs, the mitzvahs are, so to speak, inscribed in the world, in those mitzvahs is the time. The mitzvahs are our connection, so to speak, to the world of Tom. Let's zoom it out a little bit more. He said the initial 
thing HaKadosh Baruch Hu did when he created something in this world was Vayita, right? He, he planted in Gan Eden, right? He planted trees in Gan Eden. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did. It's the Medrash that says, when Am Yisrael come to Eretz Yisrael, you should plant trees. That's what I did first. He said the word Ta'am actually is related to the word Lintoa because the root of Lintoa, he says, really is just a tes ayin. If you would say the tzivui form, the command form to tell somebody to plant, you would say ta. Ta'am means that when you are implanted in something, then you can draw the taste that's there. You can draw the taste from what that is. Adam HaRishon was meant to be among these nitiot and to be able to taste all the tastes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created in the world. But... In this world, after the Chet of Aram Harishon, right, he says, when we say, Hayom la'asosam, you do the mitzvahs now, mocher le'kabel scharam, later you will receive the reward, it isn't two separate things. The reward is there even now. The tam is there even now, just you're not able to access it right now, right? It's like a fruit which is in the tree. When you look at the tree, it's really in there, Right? Now, what are we tasting? He says, when a person tastes something pleasurable in this world, he said, they're really feel, feeling alive. They're coming in touch with life. Right? I remember, I forget, I think it was Coca-Cola or something. Something was advertised, the taste of life or something. And, and that's what it is. Each thing, when you tell, ask a person who's doing something enjoyable, what do you feel? He said, I feel alive. I feel alive. Because that is your natia, that is your way to plug into the sense of being alive, of the life force which is there in the world. And he says, therefore, he says, these sweet tamim are the strongest experiences a person gets of feeling alive. That's really why people are seeking these pleasurable experiences. They really want to feel alive. They want to connect to life. Am Yisrael have another system that they can access. When it says, V'chayi olam nota besochenu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu planted eternal life inside of us. That is our connection to the Torah. Through mitzvahs, through the Torah, if we are able to enter the world of the mitzvah in a different system than the world of the senses that we live in here, so then by doing that mitzvah, we're actually able to taste to a certain extent the tam of that mitzvah. It's not the entire tam, right, which we'll be able to sense, so to speak, in the future, but it's there. We can taste it, but as he says, other nations cannot taste that at all. It's just not possible. Like in Shir Hashirim, it says, his, his fruit is sweet to my palate, my palate, but not that of the nations because that's simply not been implanted in them. They do not have that ability to connect to it. So, Am Yisrael have the ability to discover an entire new system of Tam that's called Chaye Olam. He says it's very different than the taste of Olam Hazeh. It's true. It's similar to the taste of Olam Hazeh because when I eat something sweet, I feel alive. But that's the life of this world. With Torah, if I do the mitzvah in the right context, I'm able to taste life, but chaye olam, 
eternal life, not the life of the temporary this world. You're able to taste a taste, so to speak, of Olam Haba and Olam Hazeh, because again, Olam Haba and Olam Hazeh are really one unit. It's not a separate unit. It's the world which comes from this world. And the Chachamim used to give each other a bracha. It says in the Gemara, Shetira Olamcha Bechayecha. You should be able to see, mean to experience your eternal world in your life on this world. That's what the Torah enables us to do. And our connection with Torah enables us, right? Matan Torah is like a wedding. That means we became one with the Torah, and the Torah is that which connects us to an entire other system of life and has a world of tastes which exist inside of it that other people can't necessarily taste. So now, how do we put it together with what we do? He says, since we do have a connection through the Torah to that different system of tastes, he says, the Chaye Olam Nata Besocheno, he says, we're able to live our life in which we're experiencing other tastes and our desires are for other tastes. So when the Svasemis talks about a person can only taste the taste of the mitzvahs when you're purged from Olam Hazeh and you separate from the taivas of Olam Hazeh, obviously that person living in this world is still going to eat something sweet and taste the sweetness and he's going to make a bracha before he eats it. But that's not the system that you're living in. That's not where your world of desire is. That's not where your world of real pleasure is. It's a sensation which is pleasurable to your body, which we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for. It's there, but that's not the world that I connect to in that way. He says, it's possible for us to get what he calls a chibur shalem va'amiti l'marechet chayim agvoa. We're able to get a real connection to a higher form of life in this world. So this is what Rashi says. When he brings down chukah chakakti gzera gazarti, he says, just like, he says, lachkok, let's say you, you dig out a pipeline through something. He says, you create a pipe out of wood. So you take a long wo- log of wood and you hollow it out. He says, therefore, that's something which is in and of itself. The, the tunnel, so to speak, the pipeline that's inside the wood is one parcel with the wood itself. The only way that the tunnel disappears or this pipeline disappears is if the wood itself is broken. So, therefore, he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us this connection to that world which is up there. Now, one of the drushes of Chazal and Parshas Chukas is, right, that the Torah is only acquired by someone who's memis atzmo olel. This chok of the Torah is for a person who's Torah. So to speak, he kills himself in the tents of Torah. Now, this isn't just some kind of endurance contest, right? Like there are these different competitions and marathons and other things. So, and the Rambam describes a person, it doesn't go together, he says, a person to really Get divrei Torah, he says, ain't divrei Torah miskaimi b'mishemerapa atzmo aleim to a person who goes after them very, you know, uh, haphazardly, without putting strength into it. V'lo be'elu shalom di mitoch idun u mitoch achilu And he says, and also not for the person 
that's pampering himself and eating bonbons and drinking champagne while he's learning. He says, He says, to a person who kills himself over the Divrei Torah, right, causes discomfort to his body and doesn't let his eyes fall asleep. Now again, we know that we're not supposed to torture ourselves. We know that we're not supposed to harm our body. What he's describing here is, is he is shifting the body to another system. He's tying the body into another source of energy. That's why recently I heard uh, Rishimon Spitzer, he was explaining, I think from the Priya Aretz, on the three things that are nikneis b'isurim. Torah, Olam and Eretz Yisrael. Why these surim? Is that just a price you have to pay? Right? You have to suffer, right? And then you can get these things. No. The surim come because a person has to detach from certain other systems and to attach to a new system. Every time you do that, it's painful. If you imagine a person who's hooked up to oxygen and now he has to be removed from the oxygen and connected to another source of oxygen, that transition is very painful. That transition in certain ways is almost a memisat smola because that which the person was supporting themselves on was living on until now. You have to break three of that as your source of life. And like he said, the ta'amim, the pleasures of this world, are how we feel alive. So what the Rambam is describing is being able to separate in that way and to connect to, he says, a chibur shal emes ta'amim ha'amitim to taste these true tastes. So we think, how is this going to help us? This seems to be describing an extremely high level of people who really have separated from chasing after the pleasures of this world and are tasting the Torah, but the rest of us are somehow condemned to live a life of tasteless Torah in this world, hoping that, believing that we'll be able to taste it later. But it's not so. He says, we get... Each person, each individual person can have moments when they experience that connection to the time of Torah. He describes it, Moshe Shapira, he says, is we have the ability to connect to that system of life which is above us. <speaking in Hebrew> to taste something from those tastes of Chaye Olam. He says, sometimes you actually do a mitzvah the, really, the way it's really meant to be. You do it with your heart, you do it with your soul. Oftentimes it's when that mitzvah is done with mesiris nefesh. When it's difficult for you to do, and you overcome that difficulty and you do it, and then you suddenly taste the mitzvah much more. He says to a person who actually got that taste once, suddenly, and it can be a transition because that taste tends to fail, but suddenly the other tastes of the world can't compare. Suddenly you've tasted and you realize that there's something more out there. I always like to tell about this uh, interview that was done with Ravuri Zohar. Right? He was a famous entertainer here in Israel, produced films, comedian. And in the 1970s, he became right, Torah observant in a very serious way. And uh, throughout his life, he was a, a teacher of Torah, someone who learned a lot of Torah, and uh, he would get interviewed a lot. It shocked Israeli society when he became from. And some of the most interesting interviews were done by the regular media. So once someone wanted to go in with a hard-hitting question, he said, Uri, Rabbi Zohar, so you're called now. Let's be honest. 
You've done a lot in your life. You know where to do it. You know how to do it. Tell me the truth. Sometimes don't you want to go out there and do it again? So he said, I laughed and I told him, I said, do you feel like going back to kindergarten where there was a little corner with the trucks and cars and sitting on the floor and going vroom? He says, you enter another world. You go into another grade. That's what's being described here. That's what he's talking about. And it isn't simply a transition of once you're here and now you're there. It can be gradual. As you get those tastes, as those tastes of a true higher existence seep into you, so suddenly you become detached a bit more. Suddenly, the taste that you have in taste of Olam Hazer, you still appreciate them, but they're not your be-all and end-all. The Beis Yisrael, the Ger Rebbe, the grandson of the Svasemis, once spoke about the um, description in Chazal, they talk about Bachur Yisrael Shalotamutam Chet, the young men of Am Yisrael who didn't taste the taste of sin. He says, is that real? Who are, who are these people? It doesn't mean that they didn't sin, he says. But they didn't have the full taste of the sin because they were connected to something else at the time. They knew that there's something more there. And therefore, it wasn't this total experience for them. So this is our world. The Memisatsmo is also something that can be very gradual. And when a person suddenly separates himself, and the Svasamis emphasized that it's not the lack of the pleasure of this world that just enables you to enjoy Torah. If that were true, lock up a person in solitary confinement, give him nothing else to do but some svarim, and suddenly he would love Torah. That's not true. What it means is that you're separating off from the entire worldview of those things as your source for life. We all, the most powerful urge inside a person is desire to live. The survival instinct. What Moshe was saying here and what the Svasemis says is that our desire for the tastes of this world are really our desire to live. And that's the only way we know how to live and how to feel alive. If we can somehow take that step to realize that Jews are able to connect to another different system of life that has an entirely different world of time which is there. As we realize that, as that becomes our reality, then we're able to taste those tastes of the Torah in this world. So Rashi is correct, meaning we don't have anything to answer the nations of the world when they said there is no Tam. Because correct, in this world, there is no Tam. But nonetheless, inside of us, deep inside of us, part of us is a connection through the mitzvah to a very different source of life and a different type of life. And in there, as we do our vote in this world, we're able to achieve that time. So hopefully, we'll all be able to get that time. And if you do get that time at some point, try to remember it, try to record it, try to savor it, because these things do tend to fade and disappear. And oftentimes, that can become a source of light for you. The Rambam says right, that each person should try to take one mitzvah that becomes one that they really try to do fully and best as they can. And a person has to listen to their heart sometime is guiding them to one mitzvah or another. And sometimes that can also be your opening, which is there. But sometimes realize also that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a mitzvah difficult for you, sometimes that's your opportunity in that Messir's nefesh, which you have for it, to really connect to that mitzvah and taste the world which is beyond ours.
Have a wonderful week.